to Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message. The reason why we long for more of God is because there's more of God. The reason why when you, got, you woke up this morning with a bit of a parched throat and you thought, I need a drink, it's re- that, that presupposes that drink exists. God doesn't give us desires that He also doesn't satisfy. So we're looking for the Spirit. We're looking for healing. We're looking for relief. Why? Because relief exists. Hope exists. Healing exists. We're looking for love. Why? Because love exists. Sometimes we look in the wrong places. So we might take, you know, have a bottle when we're thinking of a drink. We might take the wrong kind of spirit. But the, 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 the counterfeit must not, not put us off looking for the genuine. The counterfeit exists. The counterfeit, you see, when, when, when bank tellers are trained to look for counterfeit notes. Well, they actually are given the genuine. They don't take them out day one and give them a whole lot of counterfeit notes. No, they actually spend weeks handling the genuine currency. And then after a couple of weeks of handling the genuine, they slip in a counterfeit. And just the feel is so different that they know the difference. So you see, we were born for the rarities of God. We were born for the hard places of heaven. We were born for love. We were born for true love. We were born for worship. We were born for intimacy. We were born for glory. We were born for drunkenness in the spirit. Come on. Because that's the genuine. We know the counterfeit exists. We've seen that. It comes in a bottle. It comes in a, in a cigarette. It might come in a, in a substance of some sort. But it's the counterfeit. And we have the genuine. <laughs> come on. Come on. The Father is the, He's the Father of lights. In Him, then there's no shadow or variation due to change. And so we've gone after healing this weekend. Why? Because J- Jesus went after healing. And Jesus perfectly reflects the Father. It, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. What's the Father look like? Is He, the, is he this old kind of uh, grandfatherly type walking stick, you know, kind of father just rocking in heaven, you know, checking us out? And, and, no, He looks like Jesus. He isn't old. Just because he's called the Ancient of Days, not old, you know. <laughs> Come on. It's true. He's young. He's vibrant. He's, he's alive. We're, we're made in his image and likeness. And, and Jesus perfectly reflects him. So wherever, wherever Jesus goes, wherever he goes, the things he did on the earth, he's still doing. He hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So there's healing. There's deliverance. There's, there, he's always reflecting the will of the Father was to bring glory to his son, bring glory. And the way he gets glory is by doing miracles. He reflects his glory by doing things that change people's lives. That's what I live for. I live for seeing changed lives. When I watched that video this morning, I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> you know, you died just for her. Just for her. Just to hear her testimony makes it all worthwhile. And we have the, 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 the privilege of, of seeing and hearing testimonies every single week. And there's more this morning. Come on. Say there's more. All right, I want to give you a bit of a help this morning. All right, this is, this is culture. You see, everything that, that we are comes from culture. We learn behavior. And un, un, unfortunately, unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, we have a, we have a British cul- culture background. I love the Brits, except in cricket. All right? We love them because God loves them, you know, because we have to. <laughs> God loves the world, apparently. And God loves culture. But you see, we we don't want to be Brits. We don't want to be, oh, hallelujah, you know. That was rather nice. Amen, brother. We we don't want to be like that because that's not kingdom culture. Kingdom culture is where we see David 
dancing and leaping before the Lord with all his might. Come on. There was passion. There was enthusiasm. There was fire. There was spontaneity. There was Miriam taking a tambourine and joining a quarter of a million women as they came out of, out of Egypt, dancing through the desert. That's a, a Hebrew culture is the culture we're going after. It's a, it's a culture of passion. And I never knew, I don't, I don't have a Jewish background, I don't have an understanding of Judaism, but when I was, we, our first meeting hall was in, a, was in a club when we met as a church many, many years ago. And uh, one day there was a conflict of bookings. So they, we were normally upstairs in, the, in this function room and then we had to meet downstairs for that particular Sunday, which we didn't mind. You know, there was a whole pub and you know, we, we were drinking church, so that was not a problem. We just take the visual and just do it in the spirit, you know. Down downs. Amen. But all of a sudden, in the middle of our service, this, this something erupted upstairs. And they'd put out this uh, parquet floor. You can make, you know, you bring it and it's portable. You put it up and they were, gonna have a, they were having a bar mitzvah or something. And this just like, they just messed up our service. Because there was stomping of feet and da-da-da-da, hoi, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, hoi, da-da-da-da-da-da, hoi. And there was like, da-da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, I think we need to close the service now. Because they just completely took it over. And I just realized that's the culture that Jesus was in. So when his disciples came back and they had a good report because they'd been out healing the sick and delivering people. And, and it says, and Jesus, full of joy in the Holy Spirit. That word was to spin, to leap and to spin in a circle. You see, so I've spent my years losing my Irish background because that's what I have. Finton, Finton. My name is Finton, not Finney. It's Finton. And it's Irish. And the Irish are very conservative. And very stuck up and, 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 and like, I don't want to be Irish. I've got an Irish passport and an Aussie passport and a South African passport. I'm confused. Amen? <laughs> I'm like the United Nations. But actually, my, I have a heavenly passport and it's a, Hebrew con it's a Hebrew culture. And so I've learned over the years to be responsive to God because it's important to respond to God. It's an important to see something and hear something. And, and so why I'm saying it to you is that part of this weekend, we've taught you a culture of worship, is that the river of God is actually a river of worship. From the throne, it says there's a river. It comes, and you can go ankle deep, which is not bad, because <coughs> you're in the river. Amen. I mean, if you're, right, you're right now, we're in the river. Right now, we're in the river. Look, like, where's the river? And we're in it because the river comes from the throne. And if we're in the river, the river is a river of worship because spoke about, Jesus spoke about the, the waters I give you. They'll become a new spring. I'm going to give you a, a drink. And then it says that out of the mouth will flow the, 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 the rivers of living water. So what's it? Out of your mouth is flowing worship. Say worship. So that's the river. So I can be in the river as deep as I want to. Because the choice of how deep I get isn't up to God because the river is always flowing. I can just go ankle deep, and I can just go splish splash, just get my toes wet. And I'm glad for people who just get their toes wet. I'm, I'm checking out this church, Hope City. I've heard it's a little bit wild and a bit crazy. I'm checking it out. I don't mind if you check it out. But if all you do all your life is check it out, <laughs> you're never going to get drenched. You need to get drenched. And, 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 and so when, when God moves, when God does something, I want you to do something as well. When, when you hear a, 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 someone preaching and something resonates with you, think, that's good. Don't just think it. Say it. Say, amen. Say, wow. Say, hallelujah. You see, because what you're doing is you are reinforcing. You know, 
If you're a teacher, you know that when you're teaching children, you want them to reflect back what you've said. And so you might say something, they're reflected back because they're learning culture. They're learning information. And the information sticks when they agree with it. So you don't just have a whole audience and you're just giving a one-way street. It's, it's not meant to be that way. Conversation is not that way. When someone's talking to you, you say, that's amazing. You nod your head. Well, that's because that's you, you feel affirmed by someone speaking to you. So I'm saying today we're going to lose our whatever culture we come from because it's probably conservative. In the earth, there's conservatism. And God is not conservative. We know that because when He put out His Spirit, it was wild. <laughs> it was so wild, there were tons of fire resting on people's heads. And it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they were so overwhelmed that people were amazed and perplexed because what was coming out of their mouth was tongues and, and their tongues were interpreted into the languages of the day. So everyone heard them speaking the wonders of God. Say the wonders of God. So there was a commotion and it was such a commotion that Peter had to stand up and say, these men are not drunk as you suppose. So they looked drunk because <laughs> people were supposing they were drunk. How many of you have seen someone drunk? How many of you have been drunk? <laughs> Come on. <coughs> Be honest. You see, whoa, whoa, that, that, and, and you can have been drunk in the spirit or in, in alcohol. It doesn't matter. But that old is gone. The new has come. And, 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 and it was wild. Why I'm saying it to you is because God wants to give you a wild culture. Don't be embarrassed to say, yes, God. Amen. You see, because when you, when you affirm, when you sing the song of the Lord, when you are creating a, a river that flows. Like, I don't know how many we touched when Izzy was prophesying over the church and over uh, Karen and, and Andrew this morning. How many were touched by that? Well, because that we, we like resonate. If mom and dad get blessed, we're like, well, it's coming our way. You know, if they get encouraged, if they're in a good place, how many you want a happy pastor? Oh, Jesus, help us. Amen. Because <laughs> what's the alternative is a bit sad. Amen. <laughs> We've had those ones. Come on, church. When did you last tarry for one hour? You know, we've had those kind of sermons. Who wants those kind of sermons? We want a happy, rich, blessed pastor. Amen. And so when they get blessed, we get blessed. And so I was touched, and I'm like, yes, Lord. And I'm, I'm responding. Why? Because I'm affirming the word of the Lord. His words are yes and amen. So if God's yesing and amening what we're saying and what we're believing, we should yes and amen each other. Don't just think, don't just think that people know that you're affirming them. Tell them. I tell people in the morning, I see them, I say, you're looking great. Now, I could actually not say that. I could just think, it looks all right. But what's the point of that? Why be stingy with my words? Why be stingy with my affirmation? Why be stingy with my encouragement? Because God is never stingy with His encouragement. This morning, He was singing over you. You are beautiful. You see, we, you, you thought that we were singing to Jesus. You're beautiful. And He is. And He knows it, fortunately. But we're not always sure about that. Hello? And so when Izzy was singing over Hope City and she was singing over the pastoral couple that, that lead, the mum and dad, at the, at the end of it, she was singing, you're so beautiful. Do you remember that part? Yeah. Can you remember that? Yeah. And we were like, you're so beautiful. And many of you thinking, oh, Jesus. And, I, and he was saying, no, I know I'm good looking. Amen. Come on. 
If you've seen Akiana's painting of Jesus, it's all right. He's all right. You know what I mean? I think that's what he actually looks like, you know? But he was singing over us that we're beautiful. That's what we needed to hear this morning. And that's prophetic. That's the prophetic song of the Lord. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. Oh, it's funny. That's just like mind over matter. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're, you're brainwashing. Yes, I am. Of course I am. I need to wash my brain because I've got a couple of squirrely thoughts in there that need to get changed. And I'm going to agree with you. You're beautiful. So who got, who, got, who got healed this weekend physically? Quickly come and tell us. I've damaged my a muscle ligament on this shoulder here about six weeks ago, dropping a bike. Anyway, it's been aching, and I've seen someone's been working on it every week. So at the end of the fire tunnel, someone said, oh, you should get pr prayer for that. I thought, oh, me? Okay, right, yeah. So we got prayer for it, and before I couldn't do this, oh, well, I didn't <laughs> worship before I had to go like that because this action here was hard. But I got healing for it. It was great. So I can do right hand and left hand. Friday night, you called up for a back issue. And I've had um, pain in the bottom of my back. I, was, I did something with a disc nine years ago and have just gotten used to pain. And um, most nights I turn and you, you think, oh, this is sore. But for the last two nights, there's been no pain. Come on. Woo! Yay, God. And there's more. And there's more. Now, you see, you see, your response now, that's, that's a Hebrew response right there. That's like, man, you see, I'm not in pain, and I haven't been in pain. But when I have, it's pretty horrible. Yeah. And you wake up, and you, and you can hardly move, and then you can try to get your undies on, and it's like, it's like this is awkward. Why? Because you're in pain. And when the pain's gone, you feel relief. Now, when someone s testifies about a relief of pain, because you've been in pain, you think, man, that's worth a shout. That's, that's, we're going to shout about that. And then what's happening right now is that those of you who are still in pain, your pain, is just, it's been, your pain has now been prophesied that it's subject to change. There's some, that, that testimony, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So we're going to have pain removal this morning. That's a prophecy. Come on, those testimonies are two prophecies, and they're for you. How many of you are in pain this morning? Any part of your body? There we go. So we're going to have 15, 20 people relieved of pain this morning. We're going to do it when, it when I finish preaching. And uh, I'm excited about that. <laughs> holy, holy, holy. So God's shifting culture. And, you know, people ha need a culture of encouragement. We need encouragement because, you see, the, the, in Revelation 12, it speaks about the enemy. It says he's, a, he's a, a, the accuser of the brothers. Oh. So what is his full-time job? Accusation. So he's constantly telling us that we are unworthy, that we haven't, we're not going to amount to much, that we come out of a place of poverty. Maybe we come out of a place of brokenness. Maybe we had broken relationships. Maybe we had substance abuse or domestic violence. There's a history. So he's reminding us that's where you come from. That's who you are. And God's constantly telling us that's not who you are at all. You're, you're, a, you're a mighty woman of God. You're a man of God. You're a, you're a person with purpose. You're a, you're, a, you're a miracle worker. That's what God sees of us. Like when, he's, when, when, when the angel of the Lord visited Gideon and he was, he was uh, treading a grain in the wine press because he was hiding from the Midianites, he wasn't a mighty man of God. He was a fearful, you know, person hiding in the wine vat. And, and, and when the angel said to him, mighty man of valor, he was like, come on. Because he was, he was like, you can't be talking about me. And then when he said, you're going to do this and you're going to do that, you're going to bring deliverance to your people, Israel. He was like, well, you don't know me. 
and he starts to give a reason, all the reasons why he can't be the person. He says, I, I, I'm the least of my family. And my family is the least of the clan. And my clan is the least of the, of the tribes. And how many of you had excuses why God can't use you? Come on. Well, that's what Gideon, he's making excuses. And, and, and the angels of the Lord saying, that's exactly why I chose you. <laughs> Come on. You're dyslexic. I want you to preach. Come on. Come on. You, 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 you're, just, you're uncoordinated. I want you to dance. I want you to sing. I want you to do stuff. It doesn't, he's, looking, he's not looking for your qualifications. He's looking for your availability. He's just looking for your willingness. Are you willing to be used by God? Are you willing to, to say, God... I feel unqualified. I'm a single mom. I'm a, I'm a divorcee. I'm, uh, you know, I, I don't have a history. You know, my history is a bit dodgy. Hey, you qualify. God chose as the, as the major apostle to the nations. Those, the, the man who wrote you know, two-thirds of the New Testament, he, he didn't qualify. In fact, he was a murderer. He was a persecutor of Christians. And then one day, God just knocked him off his horse. Bang! Three days he was blind. Then he could see. Then he, was, then he became a prophet and he became an apostle. He, you know, he was just a changed man. That's who God chooses. God chooses the unlikely. He chooses the people that don't feel qualified. And it's only if we believe it. It's that shift of belief. Do you believe it this morning? God wants to say, will you believe with me? Will you change your mind? Will you change your mind? <laughs> will you change your mind? Because we're in a warfare. And wherever Jesus was, there was, a, there was a confrontation. It was a confrontation of light and darkness. And he says, if, if, if it's by the hand of God that I work these miracles among you, then know that the kingdom of God has come. The thief, he says, comes to rob, kill, and destroy. That's the, that's the fruit of darkness is pain, disease, divorce, distress, depression. They're the, they are the fruit of darkness. God doesn't take sickness to teach you something. Would you as a, as a parent take your child and, t and take their hand and put them on a hot stove to teach them a stove is hot? Would you do that? Then why do we take, say, say God would do that to us? Why would God give us cancer to teach us something? Crikey. Hello. No, it says, in fact, He took our diseases. He took our infirmities. He carried our burdens. He carried our pain. Why would He want us to carry it if He's carried it? Come on. Come on. <laughs> no, he's carried it. And Jesus, as Bill Johnson says, is perfect theology. The life of Jesus, that's perfect theology. So all we're trying to do is when we pray for the sick and bring relief to people in pain, is we're saying, actually, darkness brought that pain. It's not that you are in darkness. You hear what I'm saying? It's that you've had an assignment because the enemy wants to accuse. And Jesus is always the lifter of our heads. He's the lifter of our heads. He was always saying, daughter, arise, arise. He's the lifter of our heads. Why? Because depressed people are, are, are looking down. They're considering their past. And the Lord is never holding our past against us. He's saying he came for us like that. He, he came for people that are broken. He came for people that he married five times. He came for Mary Magdalene who had seven spirits. He came for blind Bartimaeus. He was a beggar sitting on the side of the road. He came for us. Come on. Come on. That's why he came. <laughs> people look at us and say, Finney, Jubilee is full of strange people. I say, I know. He came for us. He came for us. He came for us. Where, where else would Mary Magdalene go to church? Where would blind, blind Bartimaeus feel comfortable? Come on. 
And we have people that are healed of schizophrenia. We have people that are healed of, 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 of bipolar. We've got people that are healed of, of, of manic depression. We have people that are healed of that. Come on. Come on. And when they came in, they were a little bit rough around the edges. Come on. We had a guy come in and he was stoned. In fact, more than one. <laughs> and we just thought they were weird. And they would come in and, 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 and when people are stoned and they come to church, well, they do say strange things and they act weirdly and they chirp and they, they, they interrupt. And, they, and, they, and, and you know, you can, you can take them out. You can discipline them and they won't come back, but you can love on them and prophesy over them. And then they get their act cleaned up and then they get sober. Then they get really drunk. Come on, in the Holy Spirit. And they're like, wow, they are champions. They're on our staff now. They're part of our team. Come on. Come on. Holy. 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 <laughs> so the warfare is against us. There's, the, there's this, uh, this, this scripture I want you to look at with me in, in um, 2 Corinthians. You know it probably. Second Corinthians chapter ten. Verse three for though we walk or we live in the flesh, we're not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical. They're not weapons of flesh and blood. But they are mighty before God. Say mighty before God. <laughs> Aren't you glad that as a, as a Christian you've been given weapons that are mighty before God? For the overthrow, say the overthrow, and the destruction of strongholds. Now, as an ignorant young Christian, I, I, I believe that the strongholds were, were somehow these fortresses in the spirit. That if you went to a city, you went to a place, you, you discerned, you went up the high places and you, and you discerned, well, you know, wow, you know, there's, there's strongholds here. And when we got to Sydney, we were in that mode. We were like, well, we, we wasn't, didn't take rocket science to work out there were strongholds of sexual perversion, strongholds of materialism, strongholds of, of anti-God, strongholds of anti-Christ, strongholds of all sorts of things. So, you know, you don't have to take a, just a walk down Oxford Street or walk into King's Cross or walk along Bondi Beach. You can pick up what the strongholds are. Amen. So we felt it was our kind of duty as, as Christians to pull those strongholds down. Because that's what the scripture says. It was pull down the strongholds. And so we'd go up on the, you know, in the miserable driving rain, we'd be up on the North Bondi golf course and we'd be pulling the strongholds down. And they came down. They did. Onto us. <laughs> they came right down. And then we felt depressed. Come on. And we felt sad. They, they, we pulled down that stronghold of depression and we got depressed. And then the Lord said to us, stop it. <laughs> what are you doing? Where did you get that from? See, sometimes we do things and, and, you know, it's ignorance. But once you've learned the truth, it's not ignorance anymore. Just stop it. Now, I had a couple of events, which I won't go into, which helped radically change my mind about that. But I'm telling you, we were wrong. And so one day I stood up in front of the church. I said, uh, church, I want to say to you, as a leader, I'm repenting because I've led you in, in inappropriate warfare. 
We've been pulling down strongholds of, of divorce and strongholds of, of suicide and identifying the, the, the strongholds over the city. And I just wish getting sadder. I, you know, I, I don't want to go to church. And I'm the leader of the church. It's awkward. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, so we repented and we looked, looked at the scriptures and we started, our eyes started to open. What are we meant to be doing? We're meant to be magnifying God. Uh, the Lord's Prayer says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed, magnified be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Come on. Everything about the Word of God and about Scripture is about magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. I saw the Lord. He was high and lifted up. Come on. And His train filled the temple. You see, when you see the Lord high and lifted up, when you see His train filling the temple, then you, you see a cockroach. It doesn't scare you. Come on. If you see a little chihuahua going past, you don't think, woo. Because you're not afraid of the enemy. Because you're afraid of God. <laughs> Amen. You get caught up in God. And that's what God, He just shifted our focus. And all of a sudden, we fell in love with Him. And we fell in love with praise. And He lifted our heads up. And then all of a sudden, it was a different, different ball game. We started to win. Because you see, actually, Jesus has won. But if we get our eyes on the warfare, if we get our eyes on the enemy, we become conscious of darkness, become conscious of the economy, we become conscious of sin, we become conscious of temptation. I don't want to be conscious of temptation. I'm only conscious of God. I wanted to tell you about an encounter that I had that has to do with this. And um, the fact that in many churches where the Spirit is moving, sometimes there is a, it's kind of like when toddlers start walking and they can carry one toy. And then you give them something else and then they drop that one and they pick up the other one. <laughs> that toddler mentality of I can only hold one thing at a time is, is what we're growing out of. And, and part of the growing up means that we can encounter God and be completely taken up in the spirit and yet be searching for the word of God because that's our weapon. But the spirit, the, the weapons of our warfare are spiritual because they are spirit and life. They are spirit word. You can't separate it. So people go, oh, I don't really need the Word because I just do stuff in the Spirit. And I'm like, you can't separate the Spirit and the Word. You can't understand the Word without the Spirit. And so this, you know, if you had to think about it, this actually is liquefied and, and should be put through a liquefier, liquidizer thing. And the liquidizer is the presence of God so that we can actually go, oh, wow, I can actually drink this. So do you understand? And so in this encounter, we had... Um, I'm just seeing the reserved. I'm just going to put that there. So it's reserved's my spot. Little sign. It's my spot. <laughs> um, <laughs> in this encounter, um, this man came to preach at our church. It doesn't matter who he was, but he, he was preaching and he said, and what you guys are contending for is for the spirit and the word. And as he said that, in the spirit, a fist came and like punched me in my stomach. <laughs> it was really quite violent. And I doubled over fell on the floor and just began sobbing because I realized that that's what warfare is. Warfare is when you actually start to feel like this is not really that important. It's all about something else. And so what we're fighting for and what we're <laughs> is to have our heads on and to have the spirit. It's not one or the other. It's not like, well, some people like to teach and some people just like to roll on the floor. <laughs> and it's like, no, 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 no. The spirit is the word. The Spirit became flesh. The Spirit became Christ. But the Word, you can't separate. It's like there's no separation anxiety in the Trinity. And um, 
As I was on the floor, I saw this warrior with a sword um, right down his nose. It was like on his forehead. And I felt a tattoo. It was like a tattooed sword. And that was, the Lord was saying that he is dispatching an army to bring, uh, uh, to bring the bride into maturity and to help people understand what warfare is about, what worship is about, what the word of God, and that some of the things that you've heard about long time ago, you're going to actually draw in and use again. Some of the weapons that you dropped and you thought, oh, I used to know that stuff, and now you're going to catch it up again. So I feel that warrior spirit is, is here for you guys today. I'm actually going after money that our family lost. We lost some money. My, my grandfather <coughs> was the half shareholder in a shipping company. But he had a weakness for gambling. So he owned properties and things, and as you do, you know, he had a whole building named after him in the city that I grew up in. But by the time he died, he, wa- he lived on his own. He was on his own in a little room in a, in a nursing home. And he had gambled that inheritance away. It became uh, Grinrod Shipping. It's one of the biggest shipping companies now in the world. It used to be called Grinrod Jassini. That's my name. So that was only grandfather. It was only two, ge- two generations ago. And I said, Lord, well, there's money that's been misspent. I want it all back. Come on, how many want back stuff that's been lost? Property, inheritances, come on, shares. <laughs> I'm with you. So, so what are these weapons? What are the weapons? What are the strongholds? I'm glad you asked that question because it says in verse 5 exactly what it is. And why we went after these other strongholds is just ignorance. And we had to stop it, all right? So it says there, for, for, for the weapons uh, are not physical, they're mighty before God, inasmuch as we refute arguments. Say arguments. arguments. Theories. Theories. Reasonings. Reasonings. And every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. It says we lead every thought and purpose captive. So where are the strongholds? Where are the strongholds then? They're right here, of course. They're in our minds. That's where the arguments are taking place. You see, that's why arguments are so futile. Let me tell you, don't argue with people. Don't argue with each other. Don't argue with your children. Just stop it. (laughs) It's futile. It's a waste of time. It's a stronghold. I'm right. You're wrong. I'm going to argue this point about the coming of Christ, about the gifts of the Spirit. I, I don't argue with Christians. I couldn't be bothered. I don't argue on Facebook. I don't get involved in dialogue. How can you believe that? I mean, I want to. I see rubbish. I think that's rubbish. I should give a scripture for that. I should give them the the right truth about that. But I don't want to engage. Why? Because it's futile arguments. I can't demolish those strongholds. You see, the strongholds I can demolish are my strongholds. I got to demolish my strongholds. I can't demolish your strongholds. I got to demolish mine. It's my job. You see, the garment of praise that God's given me, which is one of the weapons, the mighty weapons, I've got to put my own garment of praise on. I can't praise for you. Come on. I can't dance for you. I can't make you free. You've got to make yourself free. You've got to click your heels and get up and move and shake and boogie and, and get, get happy. It's your freedom. That's why we began to dance around this morning and, and form a procession because it's in the Scriptures. I don't do things just for the sake of being, you know, just smart or, or, you know, clever or some kind of latest thing. No, we didn't do anything new this morning. Miriam did that thousands of years ago. Come on. David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. What does that look like? I have no idea, but it's energetic. 
You're going to perspire if you dance before the Lord with all your might. And you might look a bit undignified, but it's going to give God glory. You see, what that is, it's, it's a prophetic act. Dancing is a prophetic act. It's a prophecy. So what are you doing? I'm dancing on my past. I'm dancing on those grave clothes. I'm dancing on my history because I'm making a new history. I was a sinner, but now I've been saved by faith. Come on. See, I'm no longer a sinner. I was a sinner. Now I'm a saint. I don't want to say I'm a, I'm a sinner, brother. I'll always be a sinner. No, you're a saint. You've been saved by grace. Now I'm, a, now I'm free. So, so how do you, how do, what does freedom look like? Well, it looks like dancing. It looks like joy. It looks like laughter. It looks like occasionally maybe rolling and just being a bit silly. Why always be serious when you can be silly? Come on. It's like, why? God's in a, he's not in a serious mood. It says, he who sits in the heavens laughs. And the context of that, him laughing, the context, if you look at Psalm 2, it says it's because he, the, the enemies conspire against him and say, we will do, you know, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. He's like, ha ha, you really? Really? Ha 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 Is that so? Ha 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 What's his response? He doesn't send, you know, send out the troops and we're going to, this is, guys, this is serious. Back up, back up. Go back into your caves. No, his response to this like, onslaught the kings of the earth are conspiring and plotting against me his response <laughs> well because he's in charge he doesn't get in a big panic oh oh we need more angels quickly quickly where's michael michael where are you <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Andrew. <laughs> Michael, where's Michael? <laughs> the internet's down. Sound's not working. Where's Michael? There's no panic. It's like, it's not like God and the enemy are equal opposites. It's not like this big boxing match like there was recently. I don't know who was fighting, but I, you know, I, it just was a little bit pointless to me. A lot of money for a lot of waste of time, really. You know, anyway, they're going and going and going and going. They're getting paid ridiculous amounts of money per punch. And it's like, wow. It's not like God and the devil are in, in, this, in this contest. No. Actually, the devil is a created being, a fallen foe, one who wanted to ascend and be like God. He has fallen. And it says one-third of heaven approximately fell. So there's one-third. Well, what about the two-thirds that never fell? You see, in Colossians 2.15, it says he disarmed the powers and rulers and authorities and made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in the cross come on he triumphed over them in the cross he triumphed over them in the cross they have been defeated past tense that's why he's laughing that's why i can stand secure that's why i'm not afraid if i walk past a, a seance or i walk past a buddhist temple or if i walk into a nightclub i'm like whoa jesus just just protect me just pleading the blood. I'm pleading the blood because I'm, I'm in a dangerous zone. No. Why? Because he's disarmed powers and rulers and authorities. And have you ever seen someone that's disarmed? They disarmed. It's like, I'm going to come you to death. It's like, get away. They've been disarmed. They've been disarmed. 
The warfare is, is up here. The warfare is like, what do you believe? You've got to believe the truth. You've got to put on the belt of truth. The belt of truth is about who you are and whose you are. Who you are in Christ, well, you're a mighty warrior. You're a mighty woman of God. You're a mighty man of God. You're a conqueror. You were born to win. He sets you up for victory. Of course we're in a battle. Of course we're, we're tempted. Of course that there's uh, things coming against us. But who can, dis- who, can, who, ca- uh, who can stand against us? If God is for us, who can stand against us? Because God's for us. So I'm just walking around and it says, surely, you see, I'm not walking around looking at my shoulder. Is the enemy following me? I don't know. You see, I think I'm being followed by the enemy. That's just, what is it? It's like fear, superstition. There's another word for it, I'm thinking. Paranoia. It's like I'm being followed. They're after me. No. You know what's following you? Goodness and mercy. Both of them. So I'm walking. I don't look behind me. I know goodness and mercy are following me. Come on. Come on. Goodness and mercy, they're following me. I've been, I, I've set up my kids for success. I've trained them. I believe in them. We've educated them. We've given them every, every opportunity because that's what good parents do. Well, God has set you up for success. He's setting you up. He's ambushed you. He's Jehovah Sneaky. He's, 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 he's preparing good. He says, the plans I have for you. <laughs> he's got plans for you, buddy. He's got plans for you, sir. He's got plans for you, madam. His plans are to prosper you. Say, prosper me. To give me hope. That's a good name for a church. To give you hope. And a future. Say, a future. So he snuck up on us, Jehovah Sneaky, and he gave us, he called us, he saved us, he, he, he forgot our past. There's two people that can remember your past. You can, and the enemy can. So he'll remind you, man, you, you were no, none, none for good. You were, you're, man, you were wasting money on drugs and you were doing this and you were in pornography and whatever. But you see, God can't remember it. It says he puts it in the sea of forgetfulness, remembers it no more and puts it beside no fishing allowed. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and our challenge is to create new memories. See, because when you have a memory of arguments and you have a memory of, 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 of sin and you have a member of pain, you have, you have a memory of broken relationships, you have this memory and you, whoa, and someone prods you and think, whoa, I remember that. Well, God wants to give you new memories this morning. New memories, come on, say new memories. Give me new memories, Lord. You see, my future is going to be full of new memories. I was a sinner, but now I'm a saint. And so as Andrew was saying, we're going to say what we are. Let the weak say, I'm strong. What's, what's the point of I'm saying, I'm weak. I'm, I'm a misery. I'm, a, I'm good for nothing. What's the point of that? That's just agreeing with darkness. No, I want to say, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a saint. I'm full of glory. He's the lifter of my heads. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Come on. Yeah, we go through the valley of the shadow of death, but just keep walking. Amen. Don't stop there. Don't build a house there. Just keep walking. Move along. <laughs> so we cast down arguments, reasonings, lofty things, and then we need to speak out the hope in the future. I want to just finish off with Psalm 3. 
How you doing? Me too. Thanks for asking. I appreciate that. I just feel so loved. So after <laughs> holy, holy, holy. Oh, look at that. I just found Psalm 2. It says in verse 4, He who sits in the heavens laughs. <laughs> you know what that sounds like? It sounds like your laughter. How many know that laughter is one of the most beautiful sounds in the world? Have you seen, if you, if you, if you go on YouTube and, and Google laughs, funny laughs, you will, you'll, it, it'll do you good. Because a merry heart does good like medicine. It's free. But why Google other weird stuff? Just, just YouTube laughter. And you'll see people, some people laugh like, <laughs> I mean, that's funny. Sound like some sort of sick geese. You know what I mean? I mean, like, and other people are like, ah, 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 ah. why? It's because we're so different. And I like sometimes I hear people, we've got funny people in our church, and they laugh and laugh. And I just go up and like, I just laugh at them. And also, what's wrong with that? It's because th that's a sign. It's a wonder. It's like, that is so weird. Why would God do that? But God does. God is, you know, two-thirds of God's name is odd. G-O-D, odd. I mean, look at the animals he made. He didn't quite finish the kangaroos. Look at these short front legs. and I mean, it's not quite complete. You know what I mean? Like giraffe with a bloody long neck. Why? You know, why? Hippopotamus, a platypus. You know, you just think about all the things God's made. God's got a sense of humor right there. Really, lots of funny animals out there. Funny people. People got a funny sense of humor and they, they laugh funny. They look funny, you know. And we should just enjoy each other. Not take ourselves too seriously because God actually, is, He's a fun God. He's a fun God. Amen. Come on. He's having fun. He's having fun. God's having fun. Oh, my goodness. I was so touched yesterday. We were praying. Izzy was singing a prophecy over this couple from somewhere. Four hours away. They drove four hours to the conference. Where are they from? Wangaratta. You see, you've never been there. That's why you don't know how that, what that is. Anyway, so while she's praying, she's singing over them, they start, they both got their eyes closed, quite touched by God. They both start doing this together in perfect synchronization. I'm like, it's funny. It's strange. I think it must have been the angel of the Lord because it's impossible to do that. You know, if you looked out your left eye, you might be able to do it. But they had both had their eyes perfectly closed and they weren't aware the other person was doing it. And they were doing it in perfect sync. That's called a sign and a wonder. It's meant to make you wonder. I'm still wondering about it. Really. I love wondering. I wonder why was that? And I, I remember two years ago I was here and we were praying for this one tall guy. He came through the fire tunnel, he came through it again. And he was trying to leave. And he couldn't leave. He got like, he was an angel at the door, I think. And he's slapping him. Every time he got to the door, he slapped. And then he, he kind of came back in and started doing backward rolls. All the way down the aisle, right here, backward rolls. Why? Why? It's strange. Amen. He 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 wasn't doing it on purpose. He wasn't doing it because he thought, let me just see if I can. I, if I try to do it, I'd damage myself. You know, I mean, don't try this at home. This is really really awkward. And he kept doing that, and then he rolled over here. He rolled up and down, and the kids were rolling. And I'm like, why? I have no idea. <laughs> 
That's why we have signs and wonders. They're just meant to make you wonder. So why is that person doing that? It's meant to make you wonder. Why is that person shaking? Why is that person laughing like, like a hyena? You know, why? I have no idea. I'm just, I just walk home. I want to be full of wonder. That's why the Lord is wonderful. He's full of wonder. We're like, oh, Lord, man. That person is wonderful. Why? Because they reflect the nature of God. People, I mean, we've been hosted so generously this week. We've had amazing food. And, and you know, and, and when I look at people who prepare food like that and who serve us, they're wonderful. They're full of wonder. Uh, let's not lose our sense of wonder. Become like, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen people roll before. I've heard, I've heard funny laughter. Well, if you're that serious, just get over yourself. Get your childhood back. Come on. Get your childlikeness back because child, children are like, wow. Because they haven't yet grown up and become cynical and like, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I, was, I, I saw God move once. 94 was a good year. <laughs> oh, Psalm 3. Lord, how, how they are increased who trouble, trouble me. Many are they who rise up against me. Many are saying of me, there is no help for him in God. <laughs> Sailor, pause and laugh at that. <laughs> okay, that's the funny version. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of my head. He's the lifter up. Say the lifter up. Come on, you need a facelift. Come on. <laughs> with my voice i cry to the lord and he hears and answers me out of his holy hill Selah, pause and laugh about that <laughs> i lay down and slept i wakened again for the lord sustains me i will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me round about you see i'll not be afraid so i'll not be afraid now, when the psalmist writes this, who wrote that? Uh, David wrote it. Okay, so he's seeing 10,000 people. I'm not seeing 10,000 people because the, the Bible says that we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against rulers of powers and authorities, the same ones that were made a public spectacle of them. But they are assigned against us, tens of thousands. Well, I also read in the Bible where it says in, in Deuteronomy 32:30, it says that one will chase a thousand, two 10,000. Say 10,000. So we were designed by God to be chasers. We were designed to be evictors. We were designed to, to expel darkness. I'm not surrounded by tens of thousands. They're there. But I was designed. If I find one person who can agree with me, one person, just one. Jesus said, if you can find one person on the earth, he says, on the earth, not even in your church, one person. <laughs> if two of you agree on earth, is what he says, on earth, just find someone on earth. Because aliens are awkward. You can't find them. Find someone on earth, all right, who you can agree with. Well, one will put a thousand, two will chase ten thousand. There's lots of scriptures about that. It says um, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Say two are better than one. <laughs> so, <laughs> how do I bring this down to land? The weapons that we have are mighty before God. The thoughts that we have, take them, take them captive. But when you've taken them captive, something must come out of your mouth. 
worship. Praise. The water of God is worship. Speak His Word and sing His Word. Paul says, with my mouth, I will, I will speak prophecies. I will, I, will, I, with my, I will speak in tongues and I will sing with tongues. So it doesn't matter whether you're speaking or whether you're saying. When, you, when your mouth is open, when something's coming out of your mouth that's encouraging, that's uplifting, you are immediately canceling negative thoughts. And I'll give you a quick demonstration of this. I want you to start counting to 20 when I click my fingers, all right? When I do that, I want you to start counting silently in your mind. When I click my fingers a second time, I want you to shout your name out, your own name, out loud, all right? Start counting. Shout your name. All right, when you shouted your name, what happened to the counting? The counting stopped. The counting stops. You see, you want to stop those thoughts? You want to stop those strongholds? Open your mouth. 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 You see, depressed people are people that have lost their voice. They've lost their ability to shout. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. The Lord has ascended, it says, amid shouts of joy. The Lord amid this, the sounding of the trumpet. You see, God ascends when we shout. And I've got to shout for my victory. I've got to shout for my family. I've got to shout for my breakthrough. I can't shout for your breakthrough. Because you need to hear your mouth declaring the praises of God. The wonders of God need to come out of your mouth. Come on. Come on. Let the strongholds be taken captive. Every thought be taken captive. God, we praise you. I want you to close your eyes, please, just for a second or two. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, Scripture just says this very simply. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Any man, any woman, hears that knock, hears my voice, and opens the door, I'll come in. Not complicated. It doesn't take three weeks. It doesn't take a course to learn. The grace of God is instantly available to everyone who would say yes. He knocks, we hear the knock, we open the door. He doesn't push his way in. He doesn't force his way into our lives. Voluntarily, we say yes to the grace of God. 